What number is this, Chip? Episode 87. Mike Nesmith talks Infinite Tuesday with NPR, the monkeys at Wizard World Con, Mickey Live, and more. Okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm Zilch. Zilch. You're listening to Zilch, a monkeys podcast. Welcome back to your podcast full of monkeys. Welcome back to Zilch. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today. And today I'm joined by Christine Wolf. Hi, everybody. Ah, Christine, so many cool things are happening. And today on Zilch, we have an interview with Mike Nesmith, Mickey Live, and Sarah Clark gives us a look at Mickey Live in Kent, Ohio. So that should be fun. But let's check out the monkeys news. What's going on with Mike, Christine? Mike is in full press mode right now. Mike's book is finally out. It is. Infinite Tuesday, an autobiographical riff, is out on stands. If you pre-ordered it, it's probably in your hot little hands right now. Mm-hmm. Don't smudge it. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe those hot little hands off. <laughs> As well as the companion album, Infinite Tuesday Autobiographical Riffs, The Music, which uh, Rhino put out. Uh, it is the companion music, and uh, that's a very cool compilation as well. So Mike is also in uh, promotion for his book. He's going to be in conversation on Thursday, April 27, in Santa Monica at the Anne and Jerry Moss Theater. There are tickets still available. And we know that uh, local Zilcher Stuart Monley is going to be there. I'm looking forward to um, hearing what he has to say about the experience. If you're going to be in the Santa Monica area, check it out. We will have a link to get tickets in the show notes. Mike in conversation with D.A. Wallach, Thursday, April 27th at the Ann and Jerry Moss Theater in Santa Monica. So check it out. Check it out. There's been a lot of really good press about Infinite Tuesday and from places like the Washington Post and the L.A. Times and People Magazine. And NPR did a really good interview with Michael to promote his book. And uh, let's give a listen right now. It was the mid-1960s, and Michael Nesmith was writing songs and working the L.A. club scene when somebody showed him an ad. A new TV show was looking for people to audition. He did. And then the next thing Nesmith knew, he was a monkey. Here we come, walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. The Monkees ran from 1966 to 68 and made stars of Nesmith, Mickey Dolenz, Peter Tork, and Davy Jones. It was a mixed blessing, adoring fans, and critics who were, let's say, less adoring. 
Michael Nesmith's career, though, extended well beyond the as-seen-on-TV band. He formed his own group, was a pioneer in music videos, wrote novels, and became best friends with people like Jimi Hendrix and John Lennon. Nesmith has just published a memoir. It's called Infinite Tuesday, and he joins us now from member station KAZU in Monterey, California. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I think one of the things that uh, people don't realize is that uh, behind the Monkees TV show is one of the most, you know, influential directors of the time, Bob Rafelson, uh, who directed Five Easy Pieces. Uh, tell me a little bit about about sort of the art behind the Monkees. Well, the distinction that I make in the book is that the Monkees uh, primarily were a television show, a television script, a television conceit. It was an idea that Bob said he hatched several years before the show ever came on the air about an out-of-work rock and roll band that was trying to make it. And that when the Beatles came along in 64, it gave uh, you know a lot of currency to the idea. The reason the distinction is important to make is because the rock and roll band's measure of success was pre-recorded records. And then when the monkeys came rolling on the scene, it was very confusing, especially to the television people of the time, the television adults, of, uh, you know, what is this animal? We don't know what this uh, monkey show is and what they do and do they make records and do they play. And what happened was a, uh, a confusion that never quite left the whole concept except in the minds of the 7 to 10-year-olds who didn't have any trouble understanding it at all. Let me ask you, what was the heyday of the monkeys like? Take us back to that time when, you know, you were at the height of uh, your fame. Well, like I say in the book, there's uh, one chapter uh, on the monkeys in the book. And in that chapter, what I talk about is is what it was like in the heyday because the first thing that I did when I got the money was head to London. London was the capital of the world at that time. So that was the only place to go. And I wanted to meet the Beatles and I wanted to be, you know, in the center of it all and see what was going on. And you did. You met John Lennon. I did. When I got there, I sent him a telegram. And he called me up and sent his big black Rolls Royce over to pick me and my wife Phyllis up and took us out to his house for the weekend. And that began our friendship. You know, it might be hard to fathom now, but at one point, uh, Jimi Hendrix opened for the Monkees. Talk us through how that happened. You know, we were playing to 10 and 12,000 14-year-old girls. And so when he walked on stage, it was a, it was an absolute anomaly. And mm-hmm. when he started playing Foxy Lady, they were saying, we want Davy, we want Davy. <laughs> And he could really only take, you know, a little bit of that. And after about eight or ten concerts, he finally walked off the stage and said, look, I can't do this anymore. But what had happened in England, we'd all gone out to dinner one time. Uh, John and he was – John was late. John let him. And he came in at a point uh, uh, and he said, I'm sorry I'm late, but I, I was in a club and I heard this guy and I recorded it. You just have to listen to this. And he had pulled out a little tape recorder and put it on the table and – and he played Foxy Lady that Jimmy was playing live at that club. And the table went silent. I mean, uh, we were speechless. So when he, when I got back to the hotel, I said, strangest thing happened. John came in with this tape of Jimi Hendrix. Mickey said, oh, I saw him at a club. <laughs> and I asked him if he'll come and open for us. Thus begins one of the great pop ironies of our time. <laughs> um, I, I have to mention something here. Your mother became a business titan because she invented liquid paper, also known as whiteout. That is, to me, like, incredible because I remember this as one of the fixtures of my <laughs> elementary school life. How did she do that? <laughs> it's, it's an extraordinary thing. She was a single mom, 
in Dallas, Dallas, Texas, which is where I grew up. And she was a typewriterist and she was also a commercial artist. And it dawned on her after the electric typewriter came out and she kept making mistakes because the keys were so sensitive and they were mistakes that couldn't be erased because they were on carbon paper ribbon and all it would do is just smear if you tried to erase it like the old ink paper ribbons. Why don't I just paint this mistake out? That's what I do as a commercial artist. And so, you know, in the classic style of just connecting the dots and being very astute, uh, she came up with the idea of painting out the corrections. Now, from there to a multi-million dollar international corporation <laughs> is quite a journey. The other thing that I did not know um, that is revealed in your book is that you helped invent the concept of the music video. I mean, that... <laughs> As if all your other uh, successes and interests weren't enough. Uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. I had made a record, and the man who was in charge of the record company that I made it for was named Chris Blackwell, is named Chris Blackwell. And Chris was based in London, and he said, look, over here we have promotional clips. And if you could just stand up and sing the song that you've made, I think this song, Rio, is a good record, and it would be a hit. And I went back and I talked with a, my friend, Bill Deere, and I said, can we do this? Do you, do you know what this is? And Bill said, well, I've got cameras, and I know how to you know, direct and stuff, but what's the concept of it? So I sat and I wrote it down, basically on napkins. And Bill said, well, these are nice scenes, but how do they fit together? And my answer was, I don't know. Hmm. These are the scenes that come to my mind when I hear the song, so let's go out and shoot this stuff. So we did, brought it into the edit bay, and, he said, and Bill, Bill said, I don't know how you're going to find continuity here. So we started laying the music down. We laid it all down and began pasting slowly over the top of the music this, the film that we'd shot. And much to our surprise, the music began to take over the narrative and the continuity of the whole piece so that the visuals contributed to the continuity of the music rather than the other way around, which is the way old Hollywood had done it. Well, when it was done... Everybody who was in that edit facility was in our edit bay looking at this thing, thinking, what has just happened? Let me end with this. All the things that you went through, and, and uh, when you look back on your days as a monkey, are, are you happy you did it? Is it something that you are proud of? Oh, yeah. It was a very good time of my life. As you can see from its occupancy of the book, it is not the most important thing that ever happened to me. So it's a it's a long ago, distant memory that lays very gently on my mind, as Hartford said it, but it's gotten to the point now where it doesn't have any more, was that a good thing or a bad thing? It was just a thing. Michael Nesmith's memoir is called Infinite Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, Christine, it's always good to hear from Michael Nesmith. This is uh, pretty neat. And Zilch's own Michael Lynch is doing something really cool. He's part of something going on Wednesday, May 10th. He and several other musicians will be performing the Headquarters album in its entirety in celebration of the classic and beloved album's 50th anniversary. This will happen at Otto's Shrunken Head, located at 533 East 14th Street in Manhattan, near Avenue B. The show is free. Michael and everybody invites you all down. It is free. Come on down. 
and celebrate headquarters with him and the rest of the musicians there and it's going to be an all-out monkeys party so there will be updates on the zilch facebook page but check it out and support michael lynch and, and the, the other musicians there this is this is a really neat thing that's going to happen so if you're lucky enough on may 10th to be in manhattan go to Otto's shrunken head located at 533 East 14th Street in Manhattan near Avenue B. Again, the show is free. Headquarters, 50 years old. Hard to believe, huh? That's, that's going to be a cool show. Mm-hmm. I oh, I wish I could be at all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On the weekend of April 7th, through the ninth, Mickey Dolans and Peter Tork were at Wizard World Con in St. Louis, your hometown, right, Christine? Yeah, that's right. It was really exciting. We've we've not had a entertainment convention here in St. Louis previously, so it was a new thing. So it was really exciting to have Mickey and Peter there as well. A, a bonus. Mm-hmm. Never one to pass up an opportunity to throw a little party for my Zilch Nation friends. We organized a meetup um, on Saturday morning for breakfast because, you know, one thing about a convention is people are, are scattered. They're all standing in their various lines. They're looking at the different displays and so forth. So it's harder to try to coordinate either a lunch or a dinner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we tested to see who the diehards were <laughs> and, and invited people to breakfast uh, Saturday morning. Kim Winters was there, and Pixel Kintz joined us. Though the Zilch meetup was small, there was a big surprise. You got a text, and it was from none other than John Billings and Amy Billings, and they were there at the Zilch meetup, and it was a surprise. Amy Billings had contacted me the night before and said, are you going to be there? And I said, sadly, no, but Christine and some folks are getting together and they took the time out of their busy schedule. They were kind of on a, a nice visit to St. Louis. And they surprised the Zilch gathering and came over. It, it must have been something, right? Absolutely. Uh, getting getting the text message that was actually a picture of the lovely Amy Billings holding the menu of the restaurant where we were. I was, you know, kind of confused. And, and I mean, I knew they were here in town. I just didn't know that they were there at the restaurant so i found them walked over to them and teased them about stalking us (laughs) john admitted that yes we've been following you all morning (laughs) so we we chatted for a couple of minutes and they got their food before our table did and after they were done eating they came over and joined our group and we had a great time just spending, you know, about an hour or more just just chatting with uh, with some new good old friends. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. They are just the sweetest people. I mean, you know, it, they didn't have to do that. This no, they was didn't. their private weekend. Mm-hmm. They were they were on a little mini vacation, but that just shows you how much zilch means to them too and and that's really special and very sweet of them so thank you so much john and amy you made our gathering extra special by being there well you never know who you're gonna bump into at a zilch meetup right that's right (laughs) gotta come to all of them (laughs) and i know that you ran into uh gene simmons there 
in St. Louis, and I also know that you ran into Ian Summerhalter from The Vampire Diaries, and right. boy, you just had a, a big weekend, plus you got to hang out with me, and we got to see Gene Simmons live in concert. That was, yeah, the whole weekend was just jam-packed. Uh, it was great. And, so much fun. Yeah, absolutely, and something really cool happened. There was also a, not only could fans meet and greet with Peter Tork and Mickey Dolans and get their picture taken with them and everything, but they also did a a panel at Wizard World where they took questions from the audience. And here's a couple clips. Last time we talked about your Good Times album and how all of that came about and how you had found some unreleased recordings where you actually got to sing with him again because you, yep. there were tracks. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about that? Because that's sure. amazing to me. <laughs> yeah, we um, uh, uh, have a new album out, uh, well, last year, called Good Times. And um, it, uh, it started with conversations about what we were going to do for the 50th anniversary. And uh, simultaneously, uh, we found some unfinished uh, tracks uh, from the 60s. Uh, songs written by Neil Diamond, Carole King, uh, Harry. Harry Nielsen. Harry. <laughs> and there was one, uh, and these were not demos, these were multi-tracks, so obviously they'd intended to release them someday, but the show went off the air, we stopped making records, and, and they have remained in the vaults uh, for 50 years. And um, we found them, and there was one particular track, uh, a song called Good Times, written by Harry, that I was uh, eventually intended to, to sing. He's on the track playing piano and, uh, and singing, Mike Nesmith's on guitar, I think there's a couple of other musicians uh, in the background. And it, uh, I became very good friends with Harry Nielsen over the years, and um, I thought, wow, what an opportunity to sing a duet uh, with my old friend uh, Harry Nielsen. And everybody loved the idea, um, and I suggested the album should be called Good Times and make that the title track. Everybody liked that idea, I guess. And um, that sort of launched the, the, the project. And then it was a question, well, what do we do? We have six tunes or so, something like that. Well, what do we do to fill the rest of the album? And <clears throat> the record company um, went out, reached out to a producer named Adam Schlesinger uh, from Fountains of Wayne, who had Ooh. done uh, a record called uh, That Thing You Do, a so song. The movie of the same name. Uh, that Thing You Do for the Tom Hanks movie. In fact, I bumped into Tom Hanks one night at a particular I dropped that name. You dropped that name. <laughs> and he said, uh, I made a movie about you guys. <laughs> I, I said, yeah, I know. Where's my check? <laughs> and, uh, uh, anyway, Adam was the perfect choice, uh, frankly, I think. Uh, yeah, if you've ever heard the, uh, the song, That Thing You Do, it is a miraculous song in the way that it's absolutely out of the 60s and it's absolutely modern. It's a tremendous achievement, I always thought. And, and Adam went on to uh, reach out, and the record company did. Just put the word out, anybody want to write a song for this? And all of a sudden, we were inundated with, with material from these incredible writers like uh, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie and Rufus Cuomo and Alan Partridge. Uh, did you know that Rufus Cuomo graduated from the same high school I did? You graduated from high school? <laughs> And um, <laughs> uh, uh, we were, Noel Gallagher, uh, Paul Weller. I mean, anyway, all of a sudden we got all this incredible material of this same kind of genre, this uh, 60s jangly 
uh, well, I guess what they call jangly guitar yeah. pop or something. Twelve string guitar, lots of twelve string on the album. Yes, and that's how it happened. And uh, we we got lucky, you know. Uh, the the, the uh, universe was kind to us, and the the forces, uh, you know, were there. And uh, lightning struck, you know, got lightning in a bottle again. And uh, we had top twenty album out of you know. Just like, it was a wonderful, pleasant <clears throat> surprise. I, I was thinking about it, uh, and the equivalent would have been in 1966, when the Monkees uh, show went on the air and the first album hit the charts, the equivalent would have been an act ha having a top 20 album from 1916, yeah, like during it. World War I. <laughs> Eddie Cantor or, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Mario, no, would have been uh, Caruso. Enrico Caruso or somebody having a top 20 album, you know, 50 years later. So, and I feel blessed. Uh, I feel blessed that we just, we got lucky and uh, a lot of hard work too. And uh, everybody contributed, Mike, Peter, and I, and, you know, and Neil Davey. writers and, and, and Davey. There's a vocal on there that he had done in the 60s, uh, a song written by Neil Diamond that just never got released. So anyway, uh, I, I feel blessed too. I've been part of it. As do I. When I was a kid, you were my favorite person on today. Have, we, have we failed you in the meantime? <laughs> um, the first concert that I ever went to was in the 70s when Mickey and Davey and um, Tommy Moyes and Bobby Hart did the tour. Those um, so Bush Mark. Two Terrible act. Number one is, what's it like to do the different iterations of the band with the different mm. members at different times? Um, throughout the years, and what's it like to play without Davey? What's uh, it like to what? Different iterations. Well, every time we set up a tour, we're doing the tour, we know who's with us, and we rehearse, and we say, well, it's, and, and, well, so-and-so isn't here, so we're gonna need somebody to sing this part, and so one of us changes, or maybe we give it to one of the background singers in the band. So basically, no matter what, combination we are, we're working almost, we, we start with what we know from the records, and then we work outward from there and fill in the gaps if there's things Davy is, so you asked also what it's like working without Davy, and, um, and that is, well, you know, Davy was in so many ways the heart of the band that, that we, um, it's hard, we're a little bit hard put to in, include him as a matter of heart. Here we have to put him up on the screen, uh, do a song or two where he sang and we had his vocal and we played live to him, to his vocal, uh, and like that kind of thing. So it, it's a tricky balancing act because, you know, we miss him and we don't want to pretend like he's not with us, although he isn't, but we also don't want to pretend he is because he isn't, you know. So it's a balancing act. We do our best. And, uh, but, but it's just, in some ways, it's like the same thing with the tour every time. We build the tour based on what we've got, and we see what we've got, and we work with what we've got. And then you come to the show, and we take your money. <laughs> and I understand you also went and visited Peter at his booth, correct? I did, and honestly, I felt a little guilty about that because I was working for Podkist, but Kim and Pixel were getting Peter's and Mickey's autographs. So as I was walking by trying to find them, they happened to be right at, there at his table speaking with him. So 
I just quickly jumped in, shook Peter's hand, reintroduced myself, thanked him for being there. And then I stepped back. While I was waiting for the ladies to be done, another woman came up to me. I didn't see her at first, but I heard this voice saying, you know, you don't have enough buttons on your shirt and on your duffel bag that you're carrying. And I said, I laughed, and I said, well, that's my nickname. I'm Christine, the button queen. And she said, oh, I know. I've been waiting for you. <laughs> and at this point, I turn around. It's Pam Tork. She had been tipped that Zilch might be there at the con, and she was she was looking for me. That was surreal and very, very sweet of her. So I have to say thank you, of course, to Peter and Pam for being such wonderful people, but to Peter Tork's team as well, because mm-hmm. I know that they had to be the ones that tipped them off to be looking. So it was it was a very special moment. Pam is a very cool person, very sweet lady. And yes. One, one of the things that is neat about the monkeys is that they're all pretty nice guys, too. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, yeah. You know, they, they say never meet your heroes. I, I can't say that for the monkeys. Every one of them that mm. I've had the pleasure of meeting, they're just the most wonderful, sweet, unassuming people. And their spouses, too. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Pam and Peter. Uh, and, of course, Peter Tork's Facebook page. You never know what's going to happen when you're monkeying around. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And this this weekend, there was a really cool Mickey Dolan show, correct? Oh, my gosh, yes. He was in concert at the Rice Auditorium in Oregon. He played with the orchestra there. What a great job they all did. And I have to give props to our own zilcher, Monica Bischel-Philbrook. She was the Zilch ambassador at the Zilch meetup before the show. She had a bag full of the Mickey's buttons, exclusive for Mm -hmm. the Mickey solo concert dates. And she handed them all out, which is awesome, but she handed them to the orchestra members themselves, Mm -hmm. and they actually wore them while they played, which is, uh, that just blows my mind. I love it. Absolutely. That is so cool. We want to thank you, Monica, for that. And it it was neat seeing the photos of the orchestra Mm. with those buttons on. So you went above and beyond. Thank you for doing that. As we mentioned, Mickey Dolan's performed with a live orchestra. Here is a bit of what that sounded like.
boy, I really like the sound of that orchestra with Mickey. Uh, one can only hope that someday they will do a professional recording like this. I understand that we may have Emily Dolans on an upcoming episode, correct? She is going to be on. She recently announced that she has an art gallery showing in Maryland coming up later in August. And she has uh, graciously agreed to be interviewed for Zilch. So I'm really looking forward to getting to speak with her at length about not only this gallery showing, her photography in general, um, her, the motivation that she um, draws from for, for her work and for her motivational efforts. And what it's like to be the daughter of a monkey. That's a whole show in itself, don't you Correct. think? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're very excited to to be able to speak with her very soon. Looking forward to that. And, of course, Peter Tork and Shoe Suede Blues are finishing up their new CD. So it's just, again, always something to look forward to. It's, you know, being being a Monkees fan, it's, it's almost like Christmas all the time. Every day. Yeah. I have to give a shout-out. Speaking of Emily's, my mom and I were recently at the Honey Baked Ham store in Kirkwood, Missouri, <laughs> getting ready for Easter, and I was wearing my Monkey's 50 tour shirt, and the gal helping us at the counter said, I just have to tell you, I love your shirt. My mom listened to the Monkey's and had me listening when I was a little girl. I just love them, and I... So I, of course, told her all about Zilch, and her eyes lit up. She couldn't believe that there could be a podcast about the monkeys. Little does she know there's several, but of course Zilch is the best, right? So she's going to check it out, and I promise to say hi to her. Hi, Emily. Thanks so much, and uh, hope you enjoy. Very good. Hi, Emily. Today on Zilch... Our own Sarah Clark is producing a segment about Mickey recently playing in Kent, Ohio. So this is pretty cool. Sit back, and if you were there, you get to relive those memories. If not, you'll get to hear some cool music. And we want to thank Sarah for producing this segment. Take it away. was no April Fools. On Saturday, April 1st, Mickey Dolans performed a solo show at Kent Stage in Kent, Ohio, and Zilch Nation was there. Having experienced it myself, there's nothing like going to a show with a dozen of your closest podcast friends. I'm Sarah Clark, and I didn't get to go to this show. But a bunch of folks from Zilch Nation did. Joining me today to share their experiences are Zilch Twitter princess, Cindy Large. Hey, Zilch Nation. Our friend, Mish. Called it. Can you say, okay, not everybody speaks Navi, dear. Oh, well, okay, hello. <laughs> Judith Hadlock. Hi there, everyone. And Angel Llewellyn. Hello, Zilch. The thing I love most about going to a concert with other folks from Zilch Nation is there's always some sort of meetup or get together before the show where everybody kind of hangs out and has dinner, drinks or whatever, and just has fun. So what was meetup like this time? Sin, I know you kind of helped put it together. 
Yeah, it went really great. We went to Ray's Place, which was a great little um, kind of like bar slash restaurant that was pretty much right around the corner from the venue. We had about 15 people show up and it was great. There was great food, great conversation. Some people brought memorabilia to pass around. I know Judith had a photo album. Timothy Richter brought a whole set of the 60s bubblegum cards and we just had great conversation and great food and, and everybody was really happy to be there. Nice. So Judith, what what was this uh, photo album all about? Um, it had a lot of photos in there that I put together through the years. It was kind of like a through the years photo album. And I put just different things from different concerts through the years so you could kind of get an idea from way back when to now. So that was kind of neat. And I passed around the driver's license. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> so everybody could see that too. I was going to say, I have to say that meeting Judith and being able to look through her her book, that was one of the highlights of the meetup for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like uh, I was able to meet Davy through Judith, through Aww. seeing their friendship evolve in photographs and to be able to see his driver's license. I actually <laughs> held it. <laughs> so, it was amazing. Oh, man. That sounds Thank you, really Cindy. Cool. That was so nice of you. Oh, you're so welcome. Nice it was say. nice of you to bring it. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, I had the biggest chef salad I ever saw in my life. <laughs> she did. It was enormous. <laughs> it was huge, yes. I tell you, I, had, I got through half of it at least. Oh. And I took her other half home, you know. I only live like six miles from this place. I'm very envious that you live there. I, I live a little further away, but I, I am pretty close. But I must say, Kent is a wonderful town. It's a wonderful place. I really enjoyed my visit there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the photos that you guys shared too. Oh, thank you. That's cool. (laughs) I did too. I I enjoyed the photos everybody had on their phones. Because, you know, I didn't have a phone that has like photos in it. So that's why I brought the album. But yeah, but that was so cool looking at everybody's photos. That was awesome. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed meeting everybody. That was the, I love putting the names to the faces and figuring out who everybody was, you know, uh-huh. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. What are kind of some of your memories from the meetup, Mish? Well, I didn't really know anybody besides Sin, Cindy and Nancy who came with us. And I've been kind of quiet on Zilch. So it was really just kind of nice to see some faces, even if I had no idea who everybody was and <laughs> yeah. listen it was almost like I could take a step back and look at it. And it had a very 80s vibe that night. It just felt like we'd taken a step back into the past because all the memorabilia that was going around was from the, you know, the 80s and before. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it had a very interesting atmosphere, both mm-hmm. the meetup and then the, the show itself. And I think that's partly due to Kent, just yeah. the general area we were in. Well, yeah. and, and Cindy was wearing her jeans jacket too, I know. That yeah, that helped. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was cool. That. That's awesome. Did anybody else take a, a little time to walk around that downtown area in Kent, where the Kent stage yes. was, and close to Ray's place? I, I was really taken by the random swings that they had, where you could just sit and swing in the city oh, and awesome. the campfire. Yeah, we came yeah, across a little campfire. Awesome. Yeah, yes. we saw that too. And in the little Acorn Alley, it was like a little mini Diagon Alley mm-hmm. 
or they, they had like little shops off to the side that you could go into. And we kind of explored that. That was very cool. Kent is definitely an area that never really left the sixties completely behind. It always kept yeah. a piece of that alive. Maybe, oh. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was so um, enamored with. There were peace yeah. signs everywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have to mention before we came to the meetup, my friend and I, we stopped at the Kent State campus and yeah. went to the May 4th Memorial. Yeah, I loved those photos. There is some construction there and the visitor center was closed, but she had a, a friend from the area that so graciously was our tour guide and took us over the grounds of where the events of May 4th happened and mm-hmm. told the story. So it was it was very moving. That's yeah. the lovely thing about going to these shows and these meetups is you get to kind of go to places that are, you know, some of us live five minutes away, but others it's off the beaten <laughs> path and you get to yeah. see new parts of the country that way, which is pretty awesome. Exactly. So kind of transitioning from the meetup and the kind of general sightseeing of the day, uh, at some point, I'm guessing you guys went to the concert. And if everybody could kind of share sort of their favorite moment or their favorite song from the evening. Sin, why don't we start with you? Well, favorite songs, I had two. Go for it. One was Gimme Some Lovin'.
adored that song. That's just my favorite get up and go dance song. And I remember the first time I heard Mickey do it about four or five years ago, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe he covered the song. And it's a good one for him too, because it's not one that he does all the time. And you get to see more of his his rock and roll roots right? Um, when he performs it. My other favorite song was Mickey and Coco doing Me and Magdalena. Oh, yeah. I saw that mm-hmm. in New York and it was amazing. Yeah, that it's awesome. it started off a little rough because I think they were trying to find each other's rhythm. Mm-hmm. But once but once they found it and they hit that sweet spot, it was just incredible. Nice. They sound was, so good together. That yes. was really good.
they be good too. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. that. That's neat. I always did like that song, but with Mickey doing it, it was really, really good. And then Daydream Believer. Oh my goodness. When everyone stood up, I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, that's were. awesome. Oh yes. Oh yes. I don't know who the cheerleader was. There was one girl that got up and said, come on everybody. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm out of my chair, Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, I just like sprang to the, to my feet and then everybody else kind of stood up too. And it was so wonderful. You know, it's, they've done it in every monkey show and they do it in pretty much all the solo shows. I mean, Peter even mm-hmm. works in the shoe suede blues now. It's always, yeah, it's always just that moment. And at some point, yeah, everybody just gets to their feet. And it's just this lovely, warm moment, you know. And one of the more touching parts of that song to me, Mm -hmm. I was watching Coco. Coco was the one who got everybody started holding up their cell phones with the flashlights on. Yes. And when you watch her at the end of the song, like she put her cell phone close to her heart and kind of bowed her head a little bit. I saw that And it made me tear up because it was such a beautiful little moment. And Davey was her friend too, as much as he was Mickey. Oh, yeah. So I always thought that that's, that that was a sweet little moment there. Mm-hmm. That was. Yes. I, I loved that too. And her version of different drum, that was so mm. good. Yes. Oh, I love oh, how wow. she does and, it. And White she, Rabbit, she can really do that one well. Yeah, too. White yes. Rabbit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was... Speaking, speaking for uh, my friend who's not with us, but who came with me, I have to say both of us were extremely impressed with Coco's White Rabbit. I love the song as it is. But uh, I have to say, Coco has a very powerful voice and an incredible way of delivering that song. And it's one that really is best appreciated live. So you can hear that crescendo and that that build up. was a highlight yes that and was she had, and she had that little echo in her voice too just like on the album so i don't know if that was just the power of her voice or if they put some kind of special effect on it mm-hmm. but i noticed that when she was performing it 
Nice. The whole concert was just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Just fabulous. And and Wayne Avers with that guitar. Whoa, oh man. I mean, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that is just awesome. That guy is flawless yes. and on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he he's like the ideal side man because he just likes like this mellow, laid back kind of guy, but you get a guitar in his hands yeah. and oh my god. <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> and he's so sweet to talk to. I talked to him for a while that nice. night uh, at the meet, meet and greet. He's mm-hmm. just so nice. He is. In fact, I think I probably spent more time talking to Wayne than I did anyone else. Wayne and Rich between the two of them. Yeah, yeah he was very easy to talk to. Any other moments from the show anybody wants to share? Well, I, I really enjoyed hearing Mickey sing D.W. Washburn. It's one of my yes. favorites that he does. Oh, yeah. I love his voice in that song. And I it, it was a fun moment for me to be able to sing along. This it, For this show, this is the first time I've ever been able to see them as close as I did as well. I was in the second row. <laughs> wow. So I was up close and just enjoyed every moment. And I also loved hearing him sing Sugar. Oh, his yes. Slow yeah, down version. <laughs> well, yeah, especially at the half. end. Yeah. Yes. He, got, he got he got really interesting with the spoken word part at the end and at one point <laughs> yes. <there's> something about <laughs> It was great. About ingredients that cause cancer in laboratory oh, he, rats or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. He's he adding on to that every time he does it. concert was when he sang words with Dave Alexander. I had never heard them do that before. And that I thought that was really interesting. And Dave, I told Dave um, later on when Mickey was signing autographs that I thought he did a really excellent job on the vocals on Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, he did.
Oh, goodness. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always respected Coco, but I just, you know, the, the last few things I've seen her in, it's just, yeah, it takes it to a whole nother level. She's just amazing. She is. And I do want to mention the facility too. Mm. Um, oh, please. It, yes. it was, it was really, this is the first time I've ever visited the Kent stage and it going in, it felt kind of like a vintage movie theater kind of feel to me, the right. seats were at least where I was sitting were rather generous and had little cup holders there. And they, mm-hmm. it, it felt like you were visiting a local small bar as you walked in. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, well, it used to they, actually, I'm sorry. It used to actually be a stage. It, they, used I, to, they used to do theater productions there years ago. Oh, oh, wow. That's why the little cup holders and things, I guess. I see. Yeah. See where we were at. It was just folding chairs. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, they had the little cup holders and the seats were generous. They, I mean, they, they were roomy, mm-hmm. so they were quite comfortable just to be in, in that city with the history there, yeah. um, the vibe there and with an icon of the era. It's an intimate little place. I mean, it's not real. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of room, but I mean, it's, it, it gives you that intimate feeling. Right. It did. Yeah. And sitting in the seats that, that we happen to have, it really did feel like there were only maybe 20 of us in the room. Yeah. I felt right. like it was a very small event. Even though I turned around and saw that there was not an empty seat to be found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was a sold-out show, as I understand it. Nice. There was not yeah. an empty seat. <laughs> Except yeah. for the one next to me. Oh. Yeah, which I kept, she had an empty seat next kept, to her. <laughs> which I kept flopping over on when he made me laugh. So that was helpful. <laughs> which was every otherwise, other minute, if I know you. <laughs> yeah, and it always makes it good because otherwise there would have been some poor sod with a lot of elbow elbow yep. marks on him. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I should mention too. Did anyone else uh, notice the the dancers for the Let's Dance On? Oh yes, the, yeah. Dance? And they yes. all ran to the front of the stage, and they were dancing their hearts out. And Mickey really seemed to enjoy it. And my friend had even Coco mentioned, yeah, security didn't you know come and brush them away or anything. Oh, cool. And you know they they let them have their dance. And then when the song was over, they respectfully went back to their seats and sat down. <laughs> How cool. Yeah, it was it was That's a guy so and a girl. Awesome. They came boogieing down the aisle past us, and they were just <laughs> fruiting away. <laughs> they danced their hearts out. It was oh, awesome. Man. That's awesome. It, it was, was awesome. It was awesome. And Coco pointed at them, and she was just smiling and laughing, and she just oh, thought it was great. That's what she pointed at. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little further back, so I couldn't tell exactly what was going on down there. Man. Yeah, she was pointing at the dancers. Oh, cool. Cool. It's always. It's always nice when security doesn't treat everything like a DEFCON 1 situation. Yet. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Well, secu- security was one old guy who was standing there looking like he was falling asleep before the show. So, you know, he <laughs> <laughs> kind of disappeared when it started. So, 
<laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, the great thing about these solo shows that are going on is that Mickey, I guess because he's doing smaller venues this tour, is able to do these wonderful meet-and-greet events after the show. Uh, Cindy and Judith and Angel all got a chance to meet Mickey after the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't go to the official meet and greet, but what he mm-hmm. did was they announced during the show that he would be signing autographs out in the lobby afterwards. Okay. So what he did, they they didn't allow pictures and it was one item per person, but they he sat at the merchandise table out in the lobby and he signed autographs for everybody before he went to the actual meet and greet. Wow, oh, how nice. How sweet. So that was where I met yeah. him. I met him in Wizard Con in March, so I just hung back and just watched everybody else having their moments because, hey, I got mine, let all these folks, because there were some people that were just looking so starstruck and so happy, and I was enjoying watching them interacting with him, so I've I just done hung that back at again. A couple, I've done that at a couple of shows, Mish, and it's really an interesting experience. I think that yeah. those of us who've been yes. through the experience a few times, try that sometime. Just hang back and watch the crowd, and you get a whole different experience of not only seeing bands getting to talk to one of the guys maybe for the first times but also you can then kind of really watch how mickey or peter or whoever kind of deals Mm -hmm. with those fans and talks with them and kind of you know builds that rapport even in the you know 30 seconds or whatever while you're getting your thing signed exactly yeah. Yes, right. And really that, and that's what I did after after I went through the line. I stood I stood over to the side because we were waiting for some other friends mm-hmm. and I watched as other people were going through the line and it was very interesting to watch. Yeah. I noticed that too. I was watching people and you know, you would see them cry, you would see them tear up, you would see them hug. It was just wonderful, all the different reactions, mm-hmm. you know, that people had. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really neat to kind of get that I don't know, I call it the anthropological perspective, because like I said, I'm the dork. (laughs) Well, and then I, so I guess, Judith and Angel, you both went to the the bigger meet and greet after? Yeah, yeah. How was that? I still can't believe it happened. (laughs) The whole band and also uh, Andrew Sandoval was there also. So it... I, I don't even have words. <laughs> this li- the the little girl in me never ever ever thought anything like that would ever be possible. So I I'm so grateful to to everybody and Mickey and everyone that made it possible for this to happen. You know, my friend and I were sitting there not knowing, you know, what was going to happen. I've never done anything like this before. And then all of a sudden he was there. He was there just a few feet in front of me and he turned and he looked me in the eye and I could not believe. <laughs> I can only imagine what he's thinking. <laughs> I I don't even know what my face could have looked like in that moment, but he was so sweet and so kind and he just approached me very gently and he let me hold his hand. He asked me if I wanted my, I took my guitar lately there Aww. and uh, he asked me if I wanted him to sign it. And I said, yes, but I didn't have a pen. And he said, don't worry, we'll get you one. So he came back with a pen and he signed my guitar lately right in a place. He was very mindful to make sure he put it in a place where it wouldn't get damaged 
when I play it. Aww. Oh, wow. How nice. So Exactly. So thoughtful and so kind. And then um, when I went to go get my photo taken with him, the person that was taking the phone or the photo had, had my phone turned the other way, of course. So the back of my phone, I'm a yoga teacher, had an ohm symbol on it. Mm-hmm. And Mickey looked at it and he turned his head and he said, is, is that a Buddhist symbol? What is that? I know he knows what that is. He's a smart guy. (laughs) Yes. And so so I said, well, Mickey, that's an ohm symbol. And he said, no, no, that's no myoho rengekyo. And he (laughs) And so I looked at him and both of us are looking at each other chanting, no myoho rengekyo, no myoho rengekyo. And and my brain is going, oh my gosh, you're chanting with Mickey Dolenz. Now there's, there's, there's an express train to enlightenment right there. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. I, I mean, I just, I couldn't believe that that happened. And um, I noticed later on in the photo that was taken of Mickey and I together that he was wearing his John Lennon uh, memorial shirt. Yes. It has yes, the graphics of the memorial yeah. with the yeah, imagine. He wore, he wore that to Wizard World. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I'm going to be wondering if he picked that up in uh, in New York because those of you who are following on Zilch, we actually went out to Strawberry Fields and we're hanging out over by there. So, (laughs) see, I've never been there, and I have plans to go there. Where can I find that shirt? Is what I'm thinking (laughs) because I really like it. Oh, I'm sure you can find it in anywhere of you know a hundred shops out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Judith, I think Angel sh- shared her experiences. Uh, what what kind of do you remember from the meet and greet? I, it was wonderful. I I had seen Mickey like many many times over the years with with Davy and with DJBH and right. with Peter and everywhere. All yeah, because you go things. way back. This was only the second time I ever got a chance to really talk to him or anything, you know. Right. So this was really cool for me, and. I had this one picture, and I, I gave him a copy of it, of me and him in 1977, which I figured out was 40 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I showed that to him, and he goes, wow. He says, that's us? And I said, that's us. And he says, that was a long time ago. And I said, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had him sign my very first Mickey Dolan Stargazer Club newsletter. The very first one I ever did is the very first one ever off like the assembly line, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the first one I ever put together, ever did very first one. (laughs) And he signed it for me. And I was like, so super excited about that. You know, I thought that's that is so cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He says, I remember this. He says, I remember when you did these newsletters. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yay. Wow. (laughs) He really did. He Remembered, he remembered me and remembered the club, remembered the newsletters. He said, that was wow. a good club back in the day. I said, yeah, it really was. <laughs> You're right. And I got a chance to talk to Coco. And I had never met her. We had known each other all these years. Right. But I had never gotten a chance to meet her, you know. Yeah. And I, got, I went up to her and I said, Coco. And she looked at me and she says, Judith, right? And I said, right. <laughs> and oh, she wow. says, yes, I know who you are. And we oh. just, oh, we just had such a a powwow there it was just like we were old friends for years you know but this first time we never actually met so yeah it was a whole lot of fun I just had a blast it was just super wow I got that feeling from Coco as well she was very very sweet and I just felt like I was part of her family she made me feel like part of 
part of what was happening there that night, like Mm -hmm. she just was very hospitable. Yeah. Very gracious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was fun. I mean, like I said, I saw I saw Mm -hmm. people whose faces I recognized. um, And and that's one of the the great things about monkeys concerts is after a while, when you start going to enough, you start recognizing people and making new friends. And that's. That's what I think is the best part about among these Absolutely, concerts. Absolutely, because it's just it's it's just kind of this, you know, they're they're beloved by a small minority, and you know, <laughs> so so you've kind of got this community of fans, especially when people are kind of in a particular geographic area, and you go to the same shows and the same cons and stuff. And oh yeah, I think that's a big reason why the Zilch meetups have been such a success. This is something that we just kind of came up with. We never expected it to explode the way it has. But just everybody can kind of get together and hang out. You know, everybody can, anybody can do a meetup. If you're, if you're going to a show in your town uh, and you mm-hmm. look online and nobody's set up a meetup yet, just contact Christine. She'll send you a load of buttons and set you up a, a Facebook group and you'll be off to the races. And I have to give Christine and Ken big thanks for the Mickey's buttons mm-hmm. because they were a yes. huge hit with people. Everybody awesome. wanted one. Well, I love it. One. They are exclusive to this year's solo Mickey shows. So there's another reason to go to a concert is you can get a Zilch Mickey's button. Yeah, those it's are a great really button. Cool button. Did, did Ken design those? Of course he did. Oh, those are awesome. They really are. Those are awesome buttons. I love them. Yeah. I remember getting the last bag and running around and handing them out. And then I gave out my last one, turned around, and there was a woman who really, really wanted one. And I had none left. And she just had this crestfallen look. So Aww. I looked down and realized I have the one that was mine. And I just pulled it off my jacket and gave it to her. I said, here, Aww. I can get another one. So here Aww, you go. How nice. So now I need to get myself one of those. <laughs> I've got a few left in my bag from New York, Mish. I'll hook you up. Okay, I'll give you a you. couple because you went above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> yeah, yes, I was she having, did. I was having a great time. Just hey, have a button, have a button. Oh, Everybody, yeah, she, she was she was my button helper. <laughs> yes, and it the was button really nice. dispenser. Yeah, it was really <laughs> nice at the Zilch meetup that my husband could be there with me too. I thought that was very nice of you guys to allow him to be there. Also, you know, oh yeah, that was, that was cool. monkeys Late. fans in law are always welcome at meetups. That was very nice. Yeah, that was very cool. My husband was not with me at the meetup, but he was very supportive of of Mm -hmm. all of it. Uh, My friend and I did stay in the hotel. So we did the overnight stay. And when I came home the next day, he was very, very excited. And he had already had my photo of Mickey printed and blown up. So ready for a frame. I thought that was really sweet. It was so so nice meeting you. That's a keeper. Yeah. 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 It was so nice to meet you, Angel, too. I thought that was so nice when we got together and we're talking and and got to share the pictures and everything. That was real real sweet and real cool. I was real happy to meet you there. Likewise. Likewise. I I feel the same. Well, and that's really what it's all about. And and I want to thank you all for, for coming on and kind of sharing your experiences today. They're going to be doing these shows all summer. And then we've got the 50 Summers of Love thing coming in the fall. And wow. hopefully we'll have more meetups for that. And it's just the magical monkey's train just keeps rolling all on and on. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you all for your time and for coming on today. And with that, we will turn things back over to Ken and the Zilch Clubhouse. That was a very cool look at Mickey in Ken, Ohio, and just like to say hello to everybody out there who caught Mickey on the road. Sarah Clark, great job on the production on that. Absolutely. So, just a quick note to let you know that we've started something else here, right, Christine? That's right. We have another podcast that we do called Pop, which we actually wind up talking about the monkeys eventually because myself and the other hosts, Courtney Cronendold, who's also a Monkees fan, so we always wind up talking about the Monkees in some form or another, but what makes this podcast distinctive is we talk about everything in pop culture, stuff that's old, stuff that's new, movies, music, television, anything. So uh, we've already talked about Riverdale, the Archies, the Muppets, Walking Dead, Six Million Dollar Man, so many things. So Power Pop, and yep. the last episode was a real treat. It was Ask You and Courtney Anything. Yeah, that was kind and, of fun. And they did. They mm-hmm. asked you anything. That's right. That's it, was a, right. it was a great episode. Check yep. it out, everybody. Yep. And they asked us what our favorite monkey songs were. So, did. Yeah. so check it out. Pop, a pop culture podcast. And... If you can't find us on iTunes, do a search for Pop Staff. You'll find us. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Zilch, and we will see you soon. So much monkey coolness coming your way as you don't even know. We will see you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fancy made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. (laughs) Don't now. Now really, everybody cool it because I won't be able to get through this. Hey, wow. It's a groovy button. What does it say? Love is the ultimate trip. Oh, gee, that's a nice thought. Gee, that's a neat button. What does it say? <laughs> Let's go again. Uh-huh. The f*** is that? A bird. Uh. It's, it's spring here in St. Louis. Okay, uh, I got everything I needed. Is there anything that anybody like feels like they missed that they want to go back and hit? Like a pickup. And nope. on cue, we all cough. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all were holding it in the whole damn time, huh? <laughs> I can edit those out, people. Don't cough. Don't cough. <laughs> no, I know I want to put in the blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> Why?
What's this? We Want the Monkeys podcast is on Zilch? Hello, America. This is Dave the Avon Lady. What you are hearing is correct. We Want the Monkeys, your second favorite monkeys podcast, is joining Zilch. This mega merger of epic proportions will rock the monkey world down to its very core. Soon, you will be able to enjoy the history of the monkeys on Zilch. You have been listening to We Want the Monkeys on iTunes. Now you can hear it right here. Hashtag. Zilch Nation for life. Hi again, fellow Monkeys fans. Al Bigley here, also known as Mendrick the Magnificent. And your favorite humble mentalist, Alan Araculo Williams. We just wanted to let you know about our new Monkeys podcast called The Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Where we reminisce and ruminate along with you guys about our favorite entertainment entity, The Monkeys. Who? Oh, oh, of course, The Monkeys. We talk about anything and everything. Our own personal memories and opinions, watershed moments in the group's history. You'll hear my partner's famous, amazing remixes of your favorite monkey tunes. Who knows what else we can think of, depending on whether the brain cells work. That's right. Find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Or go to blogspot.com and search for us there. A monkey's podcast for everyone. The Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Check us out. Hi, I'm Megan from Same Page Cast. And I'm Craig from Same Page Cast. Hey, Craig. Where do you yes. go when you want to hear the latest monkeys news? Oh, come on. I go to Zilch. Of course, Zilch. And if you're looking for even more monkeys content, you can find us at Same Page Cast. On the Pods and Sods Network at iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hello, Skywalkers. Hey, listen. Hey, hey, Zilch Nation. Are you looking for a fun-filled Star Wars and Disney podcast? Well, if you answered yes, then join me, Richard Woloski, and my sweetie wife, Sarah, on Skywalking Through Neverland. We are the family-friendly Star Wars and Disney podcast that brings you entertaining stories from creators and fans. And we're also big monkey fans, too. So, of course, we have to slip in some monkey stories and interviews, like our discussion with director James Frawley. We also would go to the beach, for example, with the four boys, and I would just say, okay, roll down the hill. Uh, <laughs> do a funny walk. Did you create the monkey walk? Yeah, I mean, we did it together. You can hear us every week. We are Skywalking Through Neverland, wherever podcasts are played, and at skywalkingthroughneverland.com. We look forward to having you in our Skywalker family. And always remember, Neverland, Neverland on Alderaan. Or Mammoth Studios. I get that now. <laughs> Hi, Zilch fans. This is Melanie Mitchell. Be sure to check out my book, Monkey Magic, a book about a TV show about a band. It's a lighthearted review and companion for the TV show that made the 60s fun. The paperback is available online from Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and the ebook can be bought anywhere that fine ebooks are sold. Check out the Monkey Magic Facebook page, Follow me on Tumblr at bluemoonalto.tumblr.com and listen for my contributions here on Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Hey, hey, ape fans. Did you know that there were not just one, but two Planet of the Apes TV series broadcast in the 1970s, a live-action series in 1974, and an animated series in 1975? And if you're an ape fan who wants to catch up on these series to a fun-filled podcast, then tune in to Talking Apes TV, where we break down each episode with 
Urkotastic conversations. That's right, they are Urkotastic until we break into arguments because we don't always see things ape to ape. <laughs> That's because you're always seeing vampires and pigs in with the gorillas, chimpanzees, and Zayuses. Every time I watch them, I always see something new. And of course, where you find apes, you find monkeys! There are so many crossovers between the Monkeys and the Planet of the Apes TV series that we even had our podcast composer write this very special jingle. Hey, hey, we're the apes, and people say we monkey around, but we took over the planet, so don't try to keep us down. You can catch Talking Apes TV every month at skywalkingthroughneverland.com and retrozap.com. And visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash TV. Now go ape! You know, the word oldies isn't a dirty word. Not in my book, anyway. Hey, this is Ghosty. How would you like to listen to a radio show that spins top hits, lost gems, and then some? from the glorious years between 1955 and 1972. One that features interviews with the likes of Julie Newmark, John Sebastian, Al Jardine, Mickey Dolenz, Don Wells, David Cassidy, Angela Cartwright, Bill Medley, Ronnie Spector, Connie Stevens, and many more. Well, the Vintage Rockin' Pop Shop is on the air every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 89.1 WFDU-FM. That's in the uh, New York, New Jersey area. You can also listen to it live online by going to WFDU.FM. But there's an even easier way for you folks who aren't in the New York, New Jersey area and don't want to have to get up at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on a Sunday morning. You can listen to it anytime you want just by clicking the handy links over on our Facebook page. So go on to Facebook. You're probably already on Facebook. Look for the Vintage Rock and Pop Shop. Like it, live it, love it. And thanks. <laughs> 